0: Good morning. Rise and freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. How's everybody feeling today? Tuesday, the 20th of February, February, February. Welcome to the show. We're glad to have you here. Click that like button and subscribe to the channel. Come back and join us here Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time is the show's scheduled. It's a great way to start your day. You can text us and let us know what's on your mind anytime, night or day, at 573-319-1586. I love hearing from the audio listeners who download the show later and then offer their, co- their comments and thoughts. Sometimes it's 8 p.m. at night, and I'm just sipping a little hot tea, and I get to hear from you guys any time of the day. Again, that text line is 573-319-1586. Enter the liberal. John Stewart returns to his fine fighting form. In a piece yesterday that skewered Tucker Carlson's visit to Russia. Should be an interesting little video. We're going to play that for you a little later on the show today. But since we've got a little bit of odd scheduling today, we're going to take the regular Camellia Peterson slot at 8 a.m. And we're going to go ahead and start it right now. Camellia Peterson is going to join us live from the Carolinas. Good morning, Camellia. How are you, miss?
1: Good, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, my scheduling faux pas. I did not think about the time difference. So
0: <laughs> no problem. Everybody gets to enjoy your uh, your lovely smiling face uh, earlier than usual today. So, uh, Camelia, glad to have you here. Uh, I sent you a few topics yesterday, and I guess I don't know what it is. Maybe as I grow older, I'm becoming more communist. Soon, I'll you know I'm looking forward to collecting social security now that I'm old, as of my birthday yesterday. But I'm just sympathizing so much with these Generation z and you can feel free to disagree with me all you like. Here's the headline from Fortune Magazine. It says, Gen Z are treating employers like bad dates, 93% ghost interviews, and 87% have not even shown up for their first day of work. And as somebody who would love to hire someone that I could find that it was actually reliable and who has gone through all this problem, like, it sucks as somebody who wants to be an employer, but... I kind of get it. What's your reaction to this story?
1: Right, well, I think this speaks to the job market, right? I mean, you've talked a lot of times how you would like to hire somebody, but finding someone that that matches your needs and that you can afford to pay and all of those different factors, it's really hard for employers right now. So, um, you know, employees have the leverage, I think, at this point. And especially if you are um, an employee who works and works hard and does a good job. And so it's just, you know, I I think it depends on what part of the country that you're in, but at least here in the Midwest, um, it's hard to find somebody to flip burgers for less than $15 an hour. So, yeah, I I think employers are faced with choices that they, and the thing is, so uh, my older daughter works for Sam's Club. And you know, for her going into what's an entry level you know retail job, I thought she started at a pretty darn good pay rate. Um now she lives at home, so she doesn't have a lot of the expenses. So when you start thinking about, you know, all of the expenses that she would have if she were paying rent, and there's no way that you can live on your own anymore um, in an entry level job. You have to have roommates. You, like you can't rent a place by yourself and make it. um. So she, you know, but she has has moved up some, you know, she's had pay raises, but the thing is, is that she is much more, uh, shall we say, assertive in how she handles her, her bosses, because she knows that she has a good work ethic, she does a good job, she shows up, like there, there are still plenty of people who don't show up and they do a shoddy job, and so she has that leverage. And uh, her, I mean, so she doesn't hesitate to like put her foot down and set boundaries <laughs> with her employer because she knows she has options, right? She can walk out and go somewhere else and find another job. So it it is on the employer to do more, to keep the people that they know are valuable.
0: The article says that although Gen Z are the biggest culprits, baby boomers, Gen X and millennials aren't off the hook the data found that everyone is guilty of ghosting occasionally their employers almost half of those surveyed said they plan on pulling a disappearing act again with the third deeming, <laughs> deeming it acceptable to do so before an interview everybody's just full of mischief these days um millennials are most likely to feel anxious after ghosting and worried that ghosting will negatively impact for future opportunities even businesses are joining in one in five workers complained that a prospective employer has failed to show up for a phone interview, while 23 percent have been provided with a verbal offer only to be left hanging. OK, I guess that wasn't common back in the day because I, I don't know, because I wasn't, you know, I've I mean,
1: you know, maybe this is just culturally where we move, where we've moved. Right. Because this is. I don't know, Poor millennials, they're just anxious in general, I think. <laughs> millennials yeah. are like, right between like Gen X and and Gen Z. And like, I think Gen X and Gen Z, I think, are a little similar as I'm thinking about this in a lot of ways, right? They're like, you know, who cares? <laughs> well,
0: anxiety ridden there, for sure. But I mean, yeah. it, it, you know, uh, ha- Camelia, have you ever had like a, a corporate job where you were kind of like chained to a desk or, or like you had like a really like strong hierarchy with like that was above you have you ever had one of those jobs
1: uh not really most of my jobs have been i mean i started off in retail but after that everything was um really service oriented in like social service type fields so that was Mm -hmm. that's a little different um it's not not quite the same okay
0: yeah because i i can tell you this that it, it, it is as soul sucking as movies like office space would have you believe it does reduce you to a number yesterday i was watching this video last night with um stephanie about um uh, a corporate office building in the late 70s late 70s to early 1980s and it was rare for there to be a computer in those in those offices um but there was a corporate culture where it felt a little bit more organic but the question was you know does working in this kind of corporate office environment? make people feel disenfranchised from their work. Work from home wasn't even a possibility. Right. I, I think what's happened is, in the job market, and tell me if you agree, is it feels as if kind of like the slaves have had a taste of freedom. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there, was a, there was a brief rebellion and they they got to have a little flavor of what it was like to be at home and spend time with the children and with, right. the, with the family members and to... to, to <laughs> to be with their loved ones and be able to accomplish their jobs. But, uh, and now you've got this huge fight in the industry to try, they're trying to claw us back into these offices and get us back under these fluorescent tubes and people are like, hell no, we won't go. I kind of identify with that.
1: Sure, well, and I think that, um, you know, everybody wants to find value in your in their work right there's there is, there is a, a human need to find value and feel what you do that matters and i think so many times you know employers especially in those corporate type jobs like they're not they're not meeting that need, so to speak, there are, you have to meet that need, I think in different ways, but if, if someone feels like they're just doing performative work, they're so like, you know, and they're wasting their time. If you're wasting your time sitting in the office, you know, just <clears throat> around the water cooler, I mean, like everybody wastes time when you're in that corporate environment. Whereas if you're at, if you're remotely at home, at least you can do the work that you need to do. And when you're not doing that work, you can kind of do what you want to do and something that's actually fulfilling. So, Oh, I do think like, part the of return
0: is- to office, though, is such a blatant ploy from the investment class who have bought into all of these office spaces that they're hoping to rent out that right. the don't like the, the pandemic just accelerated this trend of work from home. Everybody got a, a taste of it and they realized they can get their jobs done. Are there some people here's the you know what the funny thing is? There are some people who abused the work from home system, and then sure. had those privileges taken away. And you know who they were? Government employees in the state of Missouri.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, right?
0: Because people, uh, government employees went home, they didn't do jack, like, you know, even less than they do when they're at their actual jobs uh, in person. And the governor had to call them all back to the office and they spoiled it for everybody.
1: So here's the thing, too, when we talk about, um, you know, and and one of the other articles that you mentioned was also talking about how that Gen Z is also playing, placing a much higher priority on work-life balance. Yes, let's get into that. And not just like slaving slaving away, you know, you don't go and, and work for 12 hours a day and that's the expectation. And especially if you have a salary job, you know, you're putting in 60, 80 hours a week and that's just what you do. Um, Gen Z is kind of setting, and I, and I, again, I think this is just where we have gotten to culturally, in that they've seen, you know, um, you know, Boomers do that, and even Gen Xers, and they are like, they're not seeing that it's worth it. Like, there's no value creation coming out of that that makes that lifestyle worth it. So they're much better about setting those boundaries. And trust me, I hear from my daughters all the time about work-life balance, but that's another story. (laughs)
0: The question (laughs) is, are they being lazy or smart? Um, Quest Fanning is weighing in. He dropped $2 in the tip jar. Thanks, Quest. $2 towards that goal of unlocking the bonus content today, which I think you all will really enjoy. The least libertarian presidents in U.S. history. He says, we've been California-fied a bunch of flakes. Dang. You know where Quest is on this one. What do you think, though? Work to live, live to work?
1: I think that it's a positive that they are um, focused on a better balance because it is healthier, right? I mean, if you wanna talk about, we've talked lots of times about the cultural decline that everybody talks about so much as far as the decline of the family unit. And maybe that's a little bit connected to our you know, work philosophy and that you work for somebody else and, like, and you're never home with your kids. I mean, maybe there's a connection there. And so if they see that the need for that balance, I think that that's a positive thing. And I will say that, you know, with advancement in technology, it's not just that they're lazy, but they're also very much working smarter. Um, so I, I think there is a lot to that. Uh, now, I will say too, that they, you know, they're also, there. a lot of them probably are still living at home and there are very real reasons for that, that are out of their control. They can't They can't go buy a house. They can't, you know, there are lots of things they can't do because of the state of the economy and their money that they make is not worth nearly as much as it was, you know, 30, 40 years ago. I have been, I've just started listening to an audio book or a book called, um, Fed up by Danielle uh, Dimartino Booth, and she was on Wall Street, and then she was an advisor to the uh, the Dallas Federal Reserve President for several years. So it's kind of an insider's view of why the Federal Reserve is bad for the country. And obviously, you know, we're all about in the Fed here, right? But but her point is is that when she talks about what the Federal Reserve has done, and it's it's great. I highly recommend it, by the way. And I'm only a little ways into it. But she talks about the very real life impact on you know everyday Joe people and how that you know the the Fed thinks that they're stabilizing the economy and really you know they're they're bailing out the banks and all of these corporations and things like that and everything looks good but when you get down to the granular level of people ev- people's everyday lives that's why we're here where we are where you can't afford um, to to live without you know staying home for a lot longer. And you can't afford to buy a house. You could barely afford to buy a car. And I was also thinking, too, when you when you talk about the differences between um, you know, Gen X and say Gen Z, where we are now, millennials, um we are kind of nickel and diming ourselves to death too. Like we, you know, remember the options used to be you had cable TV, and that was kind of like a luxury for some people, right? <laughs> if you had yeah. cable TV. So, I mean, those are the options. You had cable TV or nothing and everything else was free, you know, with the ads and whatnot. Um, And I was trying to think, what were the other, like, miscellaneous entertainment luxury kind of expenses? Because Blockbuster video on a Friday night. Right. I mean, so, but it's, but now, I mean, those were things that were like one time, you could choose to go buy that one time. So everything now is subscription based. And so all of these expenses pile up and people don't really think about it and they don't realize it and there's apps now that they've created to help you realize it but you know all of the different streaming services because if you want to be able to talk with other people about you know the common thing that you're watching you know if somebody has Netflix and somebody else has you know Amazon Prime you know there's like you can't somebody else has Apple TV like, you are you have to have, like, all of the different streaming services if you want to kind of, like, have that camaraderie with people. And that's not the way it used to be. And not to mention all of the niche services there are, you know, for, you know, gaming and anime and all of these different things. So we're literally subscribing ourselves to death economically too, I
0: think. Yeah, that's a really good point there. Camellia Peterson joining us live on the Wake Up America show. Click, like, and subscribe to the channel if you're enjoying the content. We're talking a little bit about uh, the new economy and how uh, Gen Z has declared that they are uh, living, they're working to live, not living to work. Mighty Megatron says, Camilla is right. These media companies are trying to do with away with physical media. Joni Rankin says, staying connected is expensive. Yes, it is. Ur's mommy reminds us that we should kill our TV and read a book. Yes, not a bad idea. So the, where does this go? I mean, employers are going to have to get lean and mean. I I was, I tweeted this the other day. So this is sort of a tangent to this, but the question of artificial intelligence, I saw Richard Branson, the billionaire is out there warning us about the evil dangers of artificial intelligence. But my take on that is that, you know, these billionaires, they don't want artificial intelligence to proliferate, not because they care about the future of humanity and they're trying to save us from becoming a post-apocalyptic wasteland of killer robots and Terminators. But what they don't like is that smaller producers have access to corporate-level intelligence, uh, uh, data, um, uh, uh, not transfer, but you know, data analysis, uh, accounting, tax questions, and things that their companies do that smaller businesses can now operate and be way more lean and mean it's kind of the rise of the solo solopreneur they call them right so single right. person businesses or one or two people that are entrepreneurs that can compete with economies of scale it's sort of it's the, it's the wild west to some extent and it it's levels the playing field yeah right? it does yeah. doesn't it
1: right and so this is and what's interesting is you know 30 years ago, what were you hearing all of the time about Walmart and other things? They're coming in and they're killing all of the mom and pop stores, right? So this is almost the reverse of that in that with the rise of uh, technological advancement, um, this is sort of the opportunity for the entrepreneur to kind of (laughs) strike back. And, you know, there is, and I think this goes to, to also the, employer the employment problem that we have and the whole you know attitude by gen z and millennials and whatnot is that because of these technological advances there are a lot more opportunities for side hustles and side gigs and so you're not just working that nine to five job you're also you've got another stream of income um you know something on on, that's internet based and there are a lot of people who do that and that gives them more flexibility I I mean the fact that just you know I don't have to say it you know the internet has revolutionized how we work and your ability to your ability to pursue doing work that you love it gives you more options it's why I do what I do now honestly because if I did not if I had not had the safety net of being able to um, you know teach you know, English classes to Chinese kids online and do it in a in a way that fit my schedule and allowed me to still take care of my daughters at home while looking for something that I loved to do. Um, I mean, you know, I, would, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. You know, I'll never forget, you know, when my younger daughter, a few years ago now, when I was kind of going through that phase of searching for something and it was a lot of work. Like it, at the time it looked like it would be easier just to go do a nine to five job. And she asked me, she was like, why don't you just go do a nine to five job? And I told her I was like, if I do that, then I will not be able to find what I want to do and what will be fulfilling. And so that sacrifice, I think, is worth it. And we are better able. We have more options to be able to to make those kind of sacrifices for that um, you know long-term gain
0: for sure. I appreciate Camellia Peterson's take on this. How about you? Thank you to Rumble.com for featuring us on the front page now. The hundreds and hundreds of people who are following Mm -hmm. and joining us right now, we're glad to have you here. I'm Austin Peterson, the host of the show. Camelia Peterson joins us for her regular Tuesday and Thursday appearance a little earlier than usual today. (laughs) Camelia, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners on this topic or anything else before you'd like to go?
1: Well, I will just say, you know, in reading through, you know, a couple of these articles where they're where they're talking about the, the financial woes and the choices that Gen Z and millennials are facing right now. Uh, I do think that sometimes when they do these studies uh, or these surveys of of these age groups that I'm not sure that they're getting Midwest. (laughs) I'm not sure if they're they're hitting the Midwest, right? (laughs) Because because when they're talking to these people and they're talking about how that they they can't afford their student loans and whatnot. But, you know, I'm still spending three or four hundred dollars on fashion every month, even though I'm living (laughs) at home with my parents and like, Okay, this is not real. <laughs> Life is large, but like you're on the coast or something, and that's it's a totally different, totally different story from what the majority of people are experiencing. <laughs>
0: that's great substance, Camellia, but don't forget to always be, uh, always be closing. A, B, C. Always be closing. Make sure that you right. in. It makes sure in closing. That you drop your uh, Twitter handle or X.com handle, which is at (laughs) Rare Camellia. If you won't plug yourself, I'll plug you for you. Thank you. (laughs) Camellia, have fun out in the Carolinas. We'll see you on Thursday.
1: Have a great day, everyone.
0: Have a great day. What do you guys think of Camellia Peterson, eh? Good stuff. (laughs) You're Stephen Colbert
2: having a meltdown. I
3: know. I know how numb we've become, but it's not normal. No other candidate for the presidency has ever had to pause his campaign to defend himself in multiple courts. And I would like to point out that in all seven of his cases, no one, no one doubts that he did these things. We're just sitting around patiently waiting to find out if the wheels of justice will grind fast enough for there to be any consequences. And the media is covering it like it's any other political story. Like it's all horse race. I know.
0: I know. Jesus, are you okay? He's freaking out, man. No one. No one believes that he didn't do these things. No one believes that he didn't do these things. But in all seven of his cases, no one, no one doubts that he did these things. No one, no one doubts that he did these things. Good God. (laughs) Apparently there are some people who knew Stephen Colbert back when he was funny. I never saw it. I guess he was on a show like Kids in the Hall, which I only saw a few episodes of back in the day. I wasn't one of the cool kids that got invited to watch those cable shows at their houses. I grew up on a farm and we didn't have cable. So there was no kids in the hall on my show or wherever it was that you watched something like that. But yeah, uh, Joni Rankin says Xanax time. Exactly. Thank you, Joni. So needs to calm him down. Real quick, before we play this Jon Stewart clip, we're going to have my buddy uh, Remzo Martinez join us here in a little bit less than 10 minutes. We're going to talk to him about Biden's mental fitness uh, and respond to Jon Stewart's uh, taking over at the Daily Show again. Uh, but I wanted to remind everybody that we do have some excellent bonus content today that you can unlock. If you're interested in unlocking bonus content on a, the Daily Show here, not the Daily Show, but my Daily Show uh, on the Wake Up America Show, Rumble Rant donations leading up to a total of $50 will unlock today's bonus content. Last week on the show, we had a very popular bonus content feature. Where we showed the most libertarian presidents in U.S. history. And it being President's Week, we are continuing that theme this week. So if you would like to see this week some of the least libertarian presidents in U.S. history, I've produced a mini documentary for you today that you can unlock. So make a Rumble Rant donation to the show or make a purchase at the merchandise shop. If we get enough. Uh, donations by the end of the show, or if we get $50 in sales by the end of the show at the shop, then you'll unlock today's bonus content to find out who is one of the top five least libertarian presidents in US history. It's a beautiful little mini documentary that I produced for you yesterday that I think you will love to watch and definitely uh, make a donation today. If that's not your bag, baby, of course, just give us a like and a subscribe and we'll be grateful for that.
3: These two candidates, they are both similarly challenged. And it is not crazy to think that the oldest people in the history of the country to ever run for president might have some of these challenges. Now, Democrats will say that any criticism like this, especially of Biden, is unfair because you just don't know Biden like they know
2: Biden. President Biden, who I've been around uh, numerous times just in this last year, is sharp. He's focused. He's bright.
1: He is sharp intensely
3: probing and detail-oriented and focused. I almost spit my coffee this is a everywhere. Man who is sharp, who is on top of his game, who knows what's going on. He's smart. He's on his game.
1: I was in
0: almost every meeting with the president, and the president was in
1: front of and on top of it all, coordinating and directing leaders who are
0: in charge of America's national security, not to mention our allies around the globe.
3: Did anyone film that? (laughs) Because if you're you're telling us behind the scenes he is sharp and full of energy and on top of it and really in control and leading, you should film that. (laughs) Uh,
0: okay all right well i guess we're gonna have to talk to our friend remzo martinez about that don't go away i know you hate commercials but i only put the commercials up there because i've got to go behind the scenes and i've got to go get my guest on the set i produce the show all by myself there's no producer here it's just you me and my computer makes three well when we get back it's four remzo martinez on joe biden's fitness to be president on the wake up america show at wakeupamericashow.com Good morning, rise in freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to The Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. Thanks for all the kind birthday wishes yesterday. I had a great day. It was a little lighter, lighter day than normal. But of course, I had to prepare an awesome show for you today, and that's what we've got. We just got done talking to Camelia Peterson, had a really good conversation, a little bit about how the job market has changed. Since the pandemic, and then we played a little John Stewart clip where he's skewering Joe Biden for somehow not being able to sound lucid in public, despite all the protestations of the Kamala Harris's, of the Mayorkas, of everybody who says that behind the scenes he's totally lucid, there's no problem. As a matter is of
2: fact, a that can be defined in a single word. I can put him. Uh, is a
0: footer, 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 footer. Um, yeah, uh, Donald Trump doesn't think that he's going to be running against Joe Biden. And I'm starting to actually buy into that conspiracy theory. Let's talk to an expert on such things. Remzo Martinez joining us live this morning. Good to see you, Remzo. How are you, sir?
4: Austin, doing great. Happy day after your birthday. And yeah, I think I'm a little bit of an expert. In- old men with authority trying to figure things out. I've worked in corporate America enough in politics, and you you start to see this over and over again. The emperor has no clothes, but everyone says it's fine, and we're just supposed to go with it until they wind up, you know, naked on the street. There's a big public outcry, and then we actually have to address the really awkward situation in the room.
0: It is quite awkward because when you see the president of the United States um, coming out after that special report to talk about how lucid he is and how this this special counsel report is bogus and that he's perfectly fine as he's stumbling all over his words, you have to wonder just what's happening behind the scenes. And we're hearing lots of rumors about him being what's called a sundowner. In other words, that at, at night he wanders the White House in his underwear, sometimes nude, uh, like a lot of people do in senior citizens' homes and assisted living. And for all the people who say, well, Donald Trump is is old, too. He'd be the oldest president ever. Uh, You know, he's old, just like Joe Biden. There's a very big difference between how Joe Biden and Donald Trump are able to take on tasks and handle their day or give a speech, isn't there?
4: Absolutely. I, I still remember in 2020, one of the CNN down halls had Biden up. And this is right after he he lost the Iowa caucus. And the establishment media was still saying, yeah, Joe's got it. But put Mayor Pete in the corner. Joe still has it. And uh, his eye started bleeding. And what that forced everyone to remember was the fact that this man has survived two aneurysms. Okay. One aneurysm alone killed my grandmother. Uh, Two aneurysms, and you're dealing with somebody who is like hanging by a thread. And this isn't a, a new issue, this is an old issue. He had his first. Um, surgery, and I think it was the early 90s. He had another one in the early 2000s. It was an issue brought up during the 2008 campaign trail, during the primaries. It was brought up again when Barack Obama announced that uh, Joe Biden, who had to have a chunk of his skull removed to deal with that second surgery, would be his vice president. Even Robin Williams in his last stand-up special between 2007-2008 said that Joe Biden was hanging by a thread. And that something was not there. That was 2008. So, you know, th- this idea that Joe is perfectly fine. These are the same people that told you that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was doing CrossFit the day before she died. And then she was like, you know, laid out like a fish. And you could tell that this woman is not doing CrossFit in P90X like this. Just this just ain't working. So people are starting to see it. They can't control this narrative. And the fact that you're starting to see folks like Jon Stewart and others, Bill Maher and such, say that like this guy is not doing well, um, I, I, think it's, I think it's only a matter of time. However, I think that power is a very intoxicating thing. And the real president, Dr. Jill Biden, uh, will go ahead and fight tooth and nail to go ahead and keep this Manchurian candidate in office
0: question for you on the tactical question here, Remzo, because of how unpopular the current president is, and because of the fact that he is losing in many of these key battleground states that he won last time, many Republicans are saying he needs to step down because he's not he, he's not mentally fit. We need to invoke the 25th Amendment. And I'm like, no, don't do that for two reasons. One, If you invoke the 25th Amendment, the Democrats are just going to do it to Trump. I mean, they impeach the guy twice. They're going to do the same exact thing. And then two, he's probably our best shot at winning the election this fall, is he not? Why would we want a candidate that sounds like, you know, a fully functioning
4: adult when we can have Mr. Transnapa to stand up there and talk about corn pop again. <laughs> I, I be agree be with be you. Be <laughs> and it's like, dude, come on. Like this is, this is one of those moments where we just need them to stick with the cards. They've been dealt because they were the ones that rigged the deck to begin with for mm-hmm. Joe and for Kamala. And this is one of those situations where it's like, you know, the, the 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 blatant public dishonesty uh, you know i completely agree with you trump and biden two different situations trump always took his his uh, physical exams and everything you compare him even to rfk who's got a freaking six-pack yeah the man's on trt but he willingly admits to it people get all caught up on the voice but i mean you know rfk is out there doing pull-ups and Uh Joe Biden is is pulling up his depends. This just is just this is just not the same type of situation here.
0: (laughs) We're speaking of Remzo Martinez here on the Wake Up America show. Almost a thousand people joining us live. What's up, everybody? Hi. Thanks for joining us. I'm Austin Peterson. We're glad to have you here. Do us a favor, click like and subscribe to the channel. This show streams live every Monday through Friday from seven to nine a.m. Central Time. Not only do you get hard-hitting news reports, catch up on all the clips of the day. Uh, But you'll also have a little uh, laugh or two here on the show. So it's a great place to hang out in the mornings. Remzo, um, uh, you brought up uh, the RFK factor. Do you think he becomes a factor in this presidential election this fall?
4: We've got a we've, we've got a guy named Dan O'Donnell here in Milwaukee. He's he's our conservative talk radio guy. And he said something to me about ranked choice voting. He said, if we get ranked choice voting in Wisconsin, we absolutely get RFK on the ballot. And if you get RFK on the ballot, you will have a good chunk of Republicans throughout this battleground state that have him as their first or second choice. And if you have RFK on the ballot and you have ranked choice voting, you're going to have a Joe Biden victory. And at first I thought, okay, that's just typical Republican fear mongering. Now, as I start to really look at it, I mean the 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 fact is there, it's that. RFK is going on almost exclusively right wing podcasts and shows like that. RFK is almost always trending because he's siding with the right when it comes to immigration or guns. Now, people are bringing up the NRA comment from a few years ago where he called them a terrorist organization. Um, You know, he's pushing the fact that Trump did the lockdowns and and all that stuff. So I think that he does play a, a factor in it. I think that ultimately he will take Republican votes, thus giving a clear way for Joe Biden to succeed in these battleground states. I think the big question is whether or not he stays through the general, given the fact that he hasn't even qualified to make it on the ballot in most states and the states that he is qualifying in. Or um, the ones that he either had to pay a fee for and are states that are not necessarily in play like Louisiana or if he's getting on battleground states uh, such as, you know, here in Wisconsin, where he's currently fighting that process and his lawyers are fighting tooth and nail to, to get him on throughout more throughout the country. So I think if we start seeing RFK in more battleground states, if we see him continue in
0: this race, um, it, it's going to have a Ross Perot effect in many ways. That's an interesting take on that one. Mighty Megatron, he uh, donated $2 towards our $50 goal to unlock our bonus content today. Thank you for that, Mighty Megatron. He says, I agree with you, AP. I hope Sniff Sniff Joe runs again. Very funny. (laughs) If he wins, we know the fraud is definitely in and we'll finally have the Civil War some of us are craving, right? Maybe you, but I'm about to have my first child, so I'm not really craving the Civil War right now. I'd like a little bit of peace in my time. Uh, Although I will not engage in appeasement, that's for sure. Uh, Remzo, uh, if uh, the ballot on the ballot question, if RFK Jr. runs for the Libertarian Party nomination, you know, he could win potentially. And if he does, he'd be on a lot more ballots. Do you think he could win the LP nomination and and become a thorn in our side and in the uh, in a general election?
4: I don't think that's possible at this point. Justin Amash couldn't secure it in 2020 and we got boring Joe Jurgensen. You know, in 2016, that fiasco occurred with Bill Weld securing it after Johnson was going and buying hotel rooms for delegates and stuff like that. I I think the LP has seen enough. And, you know, whether people think it's a positive or a negative thing, its own dysfunction makes it so that way um, people like him can't get around anymore. Uh, I think it would really be a repudiation of the Mises take takeover a couple years ago. If he were to even get on the stage, I think they would just make his life a living hell. I don't think it's worth it. I think, um, you know, no. it for for them, they would really have to ask the question: Do we just care about maintaining ballot access across all fifty states, or do we want a libertarian candidate? I think if Bill Weld, you know were to come out and endorse rfk tomorrow which i don't think he'd do i think that would go ahead and you know throw the whole thing away for him i think if you have some folks like and i'm just throwing out names here like a tom woods yourself which i know you wouldn't do but if you had like some like actual like libertarian star wars come out and say you know let's give rfk a chance i think maybe that would do it but i think if everyone just remains silent And you let the rabble rousers play, I don't think, even if he
0: pursues it actively, that he would have much of a chance. Okay. Um, Back to the Donald Trump factor, Joni Rankin and Look It's Liz uh, are uh, stimulating this part, this next part of the conversation. What did you think of the gold Trump shoes? Man, I can't wear gold
4: to begin with. I look too much like a pimp if I do so.
2: (laughs) Okay. I'm not going
0: to lie. Uh, I really liked those things, but I'm, I'm like into gaudy fashion. Like people who know me know that I like to wear like really loud clothes, but the Trump shoes, $400 gold Trump shoes with the American flag on them. I'm not going to lie. I got a little bit of a stiffy. I was kind of excited about those, but I was like, I just, I just want to
4: wear these somewhere just to see the reaction from people.
0: But, but yeah, exactly. But and here's the thing. Can the, can the shoes, can the Trump shoes. Bring in the black vote this fall.
4: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to. I'm trying to process them. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh man i li- I, am act, genu- act, I am I am genuinely like, stumped. Well, don't act like people weren't saying this. Like that—that that <laughs> was the, genuinely. There was a guy on Fox News yesterday who said that. Oh, oh okay. maybe this will help him connect with black voters. So, I mean, what do you think? Um, Gosh. Get them Trump the, shoes. The mugshot wasn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> like, if that didn't
4: work, I don't think the, the Yeezy Chuck knockoffs will really do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is what we've come to. Hey, man. It's, this, um,
0: this is politics in 2024, man.
4: I, I, I believe that Trump is going to get a historic percentage of the, tr- of the black vote, but it won't be because of anything him or anyone else did. I think when you actually look at what is impacting, you know, black Americans, primarily black men, I think a lot of people, much like they did in 2020 and 2016, are going to go vote for Trump and they're going to do so for very personal individual reasons. And they're not going to tell anybody. I think that's going to happen now because black people don't like Joe Biden. He's not Obama, he's not even Bill Clinton. He is just making everyone's lives miserable. But then again, I mean, I don't want to say that as a definitive thing. Uh, Michigan, which had some of the worst lockdowns in the country, went ahead and reelected their governor in twenty twenty three. Why? Because she made the entire race about abortion. Or I'm sorry, twenty twenty two. She made the entire race about abortion. Forget all the civil rights infringements, forget everything else that she did to, you know, d- destroy her state during the twenty twenty lockdowns. She made the whole thing about Roe v. Wade and, you know, her her uh, republican opponent just kind of fell into that trap and said keeping uh hokul accountable and i mean uh it, you know romney 2012 did not focus on benghazi he did not focus on any of the immediate things that he could have used to hit obama obama made the whole thing about abortion too so i think if the democrats were able to rally around just one thing that they can just beat people with over and over and over again I don't think anything else will matter, but I do think that there's there's a change in the waters. It's just independent of us. Mm.
0: Uh, Lucas Liz says, I like him. He's right. Yes, he is. He's hard right. He's Remzo Martinez joining us live right now on the Wake Up America show. If you're enjoying the content, and I think you definitely are because the numbers just keep rising. 1,200 people watching us live. Thank you to Rumble.com. We joined their exclusive Rumble creator uh, content creator program this month. So we are exclusively streaming this show only at rumble.com. And we appreciate Rumble for that support. Remzo Martinez joining us live right now, talking a little bit about the 2024 elections and Joe Biden's mental fitness or lack thereof. So the last question that I have here for you, the Kamala Harris factor, let's say that the conspiracy theories are proven true and Joe Biden Either steps aside voluntarily or is forced aside at the convention. Do they replace him with somebody who's even less popular than he is, Kamala Harris, or do they shove her aside, alienate their entire base, and pull in somebody like Gavin Newsom? What happens here underneath the Joe Biden's not the candidate anymore scenario?
4: You got to play identity politics math. Okay. So if you replace Kamala and if you replace Joe, you got to replace him with another white guy, and you got to replace him with another woman of color. I think the likely scenario is you get a Michelle Obama, Gavin Newsom, and I say that's likely because personally I find this whole thing very unlikely. But we're in a post twenty twenty world. I have to start using Twilight Zone logic. So you have your black woman, woman Michelle Obama, and then you've got hair gel Hitler. So right there, you satisfy both requirements. <laughs> And, you know, it's it's one of those situations where with Kamala, no one has ever really wanted her. I genuinely do not believe that she was the ultimate reason why certain people went out and voted for Joe Biden. Usually the vice presidency does play a role in that. I think a lot of people voted for Pence, um, not Trump in 2016, uh, because of the fact that he looked like a reasonable adult at the time before he became out, you know, before he came out as Judas. But like i don't think if you take kamala and you replace her if anyone else that changes the outcome for 2020 with biden regardless of what people think whether it was rigged or not um i i do think that if they're going to go ahead and replace one half of the equation they might as well take out the whole thing because for the democrats i've never liked harris and there's always been a contingent of that they're like you know you, you when you go and perform surgery on cancer you don't take out like you know Ninety nine percent of the cancer's tumor, and then leave like one percent in. If they're gonna do this, they're gonna go full coup. They're gonna go ahead and replace the entire ticket. Which I believe, if this happens, it's gonna be Michael. I'm sorry, Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama. Um, all giant, you know, super trap that I'm envious of, Michelle Obama, and it's gonna be Gavin Newsom,
0: Remzo Martinez. Anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners before we let Austin, you go? Don't today? you wish
4: you had a back like Michelle? Like, I, I'm trying. Those are like my goals. <laughs> I've got photos in my locker at Planet Fitness of just Michelle's back. And I'm like, that's going to be me one day. I'm yes. going to be able to lift so many couches for
0: people. I wish I had her back, but she wishes she had my thighs and ass. Remzo Martinez, <laughs> where can people follow you online?
4: Go ahead and follow me at Hey Remzo. That's H-E-Y-R-E-M-S-O
0: on X. There you go. Hey, Remzo. Hey, Remzo. We appreciate you, brother. Great job. Thank and you, thanks Austin. for getting up early. Thanks for being generous with your time. And uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks, Austin. Appreciate it. What do you guys think of Remzo Martinez? Click like and subscribe to the channel. 1,300 people watching us live. What's up? Mm, 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 mm. Glad to have you all here. It's the Wake Up America show. And most of you probably have no idea who I am. Uh, So let me introduce myself. I'm Austin Peterson. We stream the Wake Up America show live every Monday through Friday. I'm a liberty-loving American just like yourself. I consider myself patriotic. I've been fighting for limited government and economic freedom since, oh, 2007. Uh, I got started campaigning for Congressman Ron Paul's presidential campaign because I was a big, big believer in freedom, and uh, and I uh, was hoping that we could get Ron Paul to win president of the United States. Didn't happen in 2008, but then I continued on and campaigned to uh, to help him win in 2012. And I worked at the Libertarian Party, and I worked at Freedom Works, and I've worked at um, the Atlas Economic Research Foundation back when it was still called that. Uh, and I've also been a candidate for office a couple of times for a couple of small local offices that you you may or may not have heard on, but heard of. But it doesn't really matter these days. I'm a podcaster and trying to spread the ideas of economic freedom and personal liberty. My belief and hope is that the Wake Up America show will be one of many shows that we will grow here at this network and start to uh, bring in more talent and give them their own podcasts and talk shows and build a liberty-loving network, I kind of like to think of it as sort of um, um, a libertarian daily wire, if you will, right? The conservatives have their own media institution, and I think libertarians need their own media institution as well, do you agree? (laughs) Well, would you like to see part of what I'm capable of? Uh, I've been producing bonus content on the Wake Up America show to help to educate people about American history and about the principles and ideals that we all share. So since this week is President's Day, I've been producing what I call bonus content. Uh, this week's theme is the least libertarian presidents in U.S. history. Last week, I produced the top five most libertarian presidents and Every single day, people paid to unlock that bonus content. So, thank you to all of our viewers for that. So, for those of you who might be interested in finding out who were the top five least libertarian presidents in U.S. history, make a Rumble Rant donation today or visit apforlibertyshop.com. That's our merchandise website. And if we get at least $50 in sales or Rumble Rant donations, it all combines together. By the end of the show, then you will unlock today's bonus content. We've already raised, I believe, $6 so far. So we got a little ways to go. (laughs) What's up, Rue Daily? First time on the show today. Nice to see you here. Uh, So check out our website, ap4libertyshop.com. This week, we've got some of our best sellers at the top of the website. Uh, You can see Javier Malay, so hot right now. People are loving Javier. Uh, our, uh, the Argentinian, uh, Argentine libertarian president leads with the hottest merch in the shop right now. And we do ship overseas, the Javier Malay Afuera hoodies. Um, and when you see these prices on there, just FYI, that is shipping included. So uh, you're welcome. Uh, as well as the Javier Malay Afuera shirts, our Madisonian morning coffee, selling like hotcakes this week. And our Thomas pain ki- Thomas's painkiller coffee also selling very well. Uh, That's what I'm drinking today. At this moment, I'm a little conflicted between my favorites, either Thomas's Painkiller or Madisonian Morning. The Madisonian Morning, named after James Madison, the father of the Constitution, is a light roast, which is just packed with caffeine. So absolutely delicious. If you buy at least $50 worth of stuff on the shop, you get a free gift, which is my libertarian root pill list. Um, And our Viva La Libertad Carajo bomber jackets have been selling a lot this week. So, Check out ap 4 Get yourself some sweet Liberty merch. Maybe since the uh, the, <clears throat> the spring is coming, you'll get yourself an oo Government. Sun's out, guns out, while it's still legal. Grab your oo Government tank top and get ready for an insurrection. Yeah. <laughs> Not that kind of an insurrection. Um, uh, the <laughs> The Wake Up America show brought to you by viewers and listeners like you. See that text line on the screen? Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the news of the day. I see so many new people who are subscribed to the channel. Chanin22, just subscribe to the channel. Nice to have you here. Uh, you can subscribe too, or you can also send us a text and let us know what's on your mind. See that number down there at the bottom of the screen? That says 573-319-1586. Again, that text line that you can let us know what's on your mind is 573 573- three, one, nine, one, five, eight, six. Somebody asked a question, did you change the settings? So now we can skip forward and backwards in the stream on rumble. As a matter of fact, I do. You're welcome. Does that make you happy? Good. Well, make me happy. Click like, and subscribe to the channel. So you guys can come back and join us on the regs. All right. So let's get back to what we've been talking about this morning. John Stewart, who's been uh, on the war path against left and right. We were playing. Flip a little bit earlier, where John Stewart was saying that if these, uh, if the all the king's horses and all the king's men would like us to see Humpty Dumpty back together again, that perhaps Joe Biden might actually get a video out of him not looking like a stumbling, bumbling fool. America is
2: a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him. Uh, foot, foot, excuse
3: me. Let's continue. That would be good to show to people instead of a TikTok where he goes. We see he's in charge. You see, I like cookies. (laughs) Of course, when it comes to Republicans, they've got a different strategy for their 77-year-old candidate.
0: Well, First of all, Donald Trump is not an old man. He's an old
3: man! He is objectively human scale trump is objectively oh if he was a tortoise i would tell him as a tortoise at 77 oh young man go off and enjoy college (laughs) funny but there
0: is no comparison between donald trump and joe biden i think as we all know john stewart's back on the daily show one day a week this week, he decided to take aim at Tucker Carlson's trip to Russia. Take a listen. Russia
3: have a subway station that normal people use to get to work and home every single day that's nicer than anything in our country. There's no graffiti, there's no filth, there's no foul smells.
0: Even Mussolini got uh, out the trains running on time. Anyways, what's John going to say? <laughs> Actually, the funny story about that is that if you know anything about uh, World War II history, there's that old saying that, you know, it's, it's a, a comment on authoritarianism. Mussolini, he got the trains running on time. That was his campaign slogan. Uh, it's kind of a joke now when people are poking fun at authoritarianism or uh, uh, dictators. They say, well, at least they got the trains running on time. But the funny thing is that Mussolini actually did not get the trains running on time. The train scheduling in Italy right before World War II, before Mussolini took, took over, had been, uh, had been uh, getting updated and renovated before he was even the dictator of Italy. So he took credit for the trains running on time in Italy, but he had nothing to do with it. So just a little historical anecdote
3: That's a for f- you. Nice subway. That's a very. <laughs> Although, to be fair to the New York City system, uh, it was constructed in 1904 out of urinal cakes. <laughs> by the great engineer Giuseppe Pisa Everywhere. Giuseppe Pisa Everywhere. Okay,
0: yes. Now, Patriot 1776 for Life, awesome name, by the way, over in the Rumble chat, says Stewart is a waste of space like Colbert. Okay, probably too, true. But here's the difference between Stephen Colbert and Jon Stewart. Jon Stewart is actually funny. Come on. We all know he suffered from Trump derangement syndrome, like the rest of him, and he's definitely going to go after the right far more than he's going to go after the left. But at least he does go after the left, and
3: when he does, he's actually funny. We're taken. It's a very nice subway. But the subway, that's only one thing. So we thought it would be interesting to take a look at a contemporary, modern-day, 2024 Russian grocery store. Ooh. Go on. <laughs> all right. <laughs> There we go. So I guess you put in 10 rubles here and you get it back when you put the cart back. So it's free, but there's an incentive to return it and not just bring it to your homeless encampment. Okay.
0: So this is how you know Tucker Carlson has never been poor like the rest of us. <laughs> I don't know about you, but uh, as a child who grew up with not all of the finer things in life uh, on a, in a farm in peculiar Missouri, uh, we would go to Aldi's uh, when we wanted to get cookies, uh, cookies, we would go to Aldi's and get the big chunky cookies. You know what I'm talking about? The ones with like the big chunks of chocolate in them and the Aldi's cookies and you can get them like a, for like a buck 50. You would get like 20 cookies and eat, they'd all be eaten by the time you got home but tucker doesn't know apparently that people in the united states have had this technology for putting quarters in shopping carts so that they would be returned since oh i don't know the early 1980s i mean andy opperman says stewart is a marxist nuff said amen true yes uh patriot 1776 for life says i don't laugh at anyone against a heroic president who has tremendous courage who's the heroic president patriot 76 1776 let me go i
3: know i've said this before you're such a dick I really truly like a dick
0: Will Run Riot says, I don't think Stewart's a Marxist necessarily. I think he's just an old school liberal who can't break away from the hive mind similar to Bill Maher. Ooh, interesting. He says, to their credit, you do catch the occasional glimpse of hope in them. Uh, off the rails, TM says, I have an Aldi's token keychain. What? <laughs> what is that? Oh, it's like a keychain that you can like put your Aldi token in there in for the cart. Okay,
3: I didn't realize America's homeless problem is caused entirely by easy access to grocery carts. <laughs> uh, I had all my stuff in my house, uh, but I didn't know that you put it on wheels. It's so much easier. This is the uh, grocery cart escalator. This is designed. I'm figuring this out now. Where the wheels don't move, they lock on the grocery cart escalator. Look, ma, no hands. Oh, okay, okay, Forrest. An escalator for the grocery cart, and the doors open automatically. Oh, mother Russia. Patriot 1776 says,
0: Trump is the heroic president. Amen, my brother. Let's hold on. wait, wait where is it at? Where's it at?
4: From now on, it's going to be America
0: first. Okay, America first. Amen
4: we are led by very, very stupid people. Very, very stupid people. Build that wall. 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 Build that
2: wall.
0: Give it up. Stewart's ribbing isn't all that bad, says Mighty Megatron. It's true, I think this is kind of funny, don't you guys? Come on. John Stewart is he's actually funny. Now obviously we don't agree with him on politics here, but it is funny to see him teasing.
3: Russia is famous for its bread, which is one thing I can assess pretty well. Russia
0: is famous for its bread, and you only have to wait a half an hour to get into the line that you have to wait seven to twelve hours to get the bread for. Just kidding. I know things are a little different these days than so in
3: at Russia. That. It's fresh, too. Look at that.
1: Patriot oh.
0: 1776 says, you didn't what I could be talking about Biden, did you? No, no. I thought maybe you were talking about Vladimir Putin. Come the on.
3: Mm. <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> the, guy really likes bread. Uh... Hey, I like bread. I hate to think what would have happened if he had found a bagel. (laughs) Uh, Side
0: note, tangent for my birthday. My mother-in-law, Verna, she uh, bought me some bread, actually. She went and uh, got me a really nice special surprise. If you've never been to New York City, there is a deli there that is the best Jewish deli in the entire world. It's called Katz's Delicatessen. And if you ever find yourself in New York City, in Manhattan, go downtown and go to Katz's Deli. She sent me for my birthday yesterday this uh, box of bagels, Next Day Air. Oh, my God. They were so good. They were so good. It was just bliss. (laughs) Everything bagels. I toasted them. Huge, giant Jewish bagels. uh, Judo. Uh, And... uh, they came with cream cheese and with a big slice of nova lox so cream cheese nova cream cheese spread nova lox right the toast that that delicious smoked salmon that you get on there so i toasted it right Gave, put the cream cheese on there a little bit of nova lox and all it was missing was some capers and onions and it would have been absolutely like just divine but it was exquisite Highly recommend, if you've never been in New York City and you end up going one day, you must go to Katz's Delicatessen. (laughs) Patriot1776 says, oh, hey, what's your name? You're all right, man. Thank you, sir. I thank you very much. My name is Austin Peterson, and you're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show, along with 1,700 other people live. Yo, what's up? Gets me all excited. This is a fun morning talk show where we talk about the news of the day. I'm all about economic freedom and personal liberty, but I call myself a libertarian Republican. Uh, I voted for Donald Trump this fall, and I just feel like I don't have a real political home these days because I just don't fit into anybody's boxes. I don't fit into a left box, that's for sure, and what you might conventionally think of as a right winger, I don't think I fit into that box as well. I, I'm just really too much of a free thinker. I don't trust the mainstream media, and I also Don't trust the alternative media as well, which is why I went ahead and just started up my own talk show so I could talk about the things that I care about, family, love, hope, trust, faith, joy, Um, uh, essentially what I like to call the white pill, which is the idea that I call myself an an optimist, right, or a a liberty optimist. Maybe I'm short-term pessimistic about the country, especially if Joe Biden wins again, which would obviously be terrible. Let's try not to panic everybody, you know, just calm down, everybody calm down. But I truly believe in my fellow man, and the people will do the right thing once they've run out of all of the other options. That was a Winston Churchill quote. So if you find yourself in a place where you don't feel like you fit in with any of the political mainstreams, and even the alternative to the mainstreams of left and right have you feeling left out in the cold, then you might be in the right place. The Wake Up America show is a place for free thinkers and critical thought, and Nobody is immune to criticism or skeptical thought here on the Wake Up America show. Not Donald Trump, not Joe Biden, uh, not Kamala Harris, not oh, Michelle Obama, not Hillary Clinton, not Jeffrey Epstein or any of his associates. Um, everybody here will have to stand up to scrutiny the light of the day because we care about finding out what is true, and we want to separate the myth from the reality. As it says in the Bible, you shall separate the wheat from the chaff. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Horatius 148 says, you're in the enemy box. Libs want to murder anyone who dissents from their pagan death cult. Absolutely true, which is why I find myself caucusing with the conservative Republicans these days. Can I get another amen? And, you know, maybe it's because I'm about to be a father for the very first time. Uh, and I think about my child and the birth of my child this coming uh, July. And I say to myself, you know, I. I consider myself to be a revolutionary, but perhaps, you know, the impending fatherhood makes one a little bit more conservative. I'd like to be able to preserve some of the best of America and to protect and preserve that for my posterity. Uh, And I have no choice but to be an optimist. I have no choice but to say that the future will be bright because I'm going to fight and work to make America a better place in my own small way. And maybe it's cliche to be doing it as a podcaster and running a merchandise shop and trying to sell you know, patriotic coffee blends to people who tune into my show and trying to help raise money to squirrel away for diapers by convincing people to unlock the bonus content on my show so that I can put together the finances that are necessary not only to run this operation but to raise a family But despite all the darkness and challenges that there are in our way, despite all of the negative things that are out there in the United States, I truly think that there are some silver linings in these clouds that face us. And maybe for people who've already raised their children and they've gone off, you know, and flown the the coop and maybe they've gone to college and they've, you know, they're adult children at this point, or maybe you don't have kids. And so maybe it's, you know, a skewed view of the world based on my relative position which i completely understand einstein's theory of relativity applies applies here but since i have no choice but to look at the world and say i will clear a path for this child so that they can experience the best in life and experience a better life than even i experienced then that makes me a white pill. That makes me an optimist. That means that I will fight for the future of this country so that it can be at a better place for them. Who's with me? Are you there? Uh, J.D. Berenson says, you know, I know how I know you're from Missouri AP? You say Aldi's as well. I've been corrected that it's Aldi. Oops. Oops. That's how you also know that I'm from Missouri as well as I say Ope. How I How dare Ope. you? <laughs> uh, Patriot says, "God bless you, everybody. Have a good time and keep fighting the good fight." Thank you, uh, Patriot. We hope that you'll come back and join us tomorrow morning. The show schedule is every Monday through Friday from seven to nine a.m. Central Time. The Wake Up America show streams live. I hope you'll come back and you'll join us. Um, Mighty Megatron says, "Here, here, AP. Thank you, sir." He says that's why a civil war might be needed. I don't think you can ever say you need a civil war. I don't think that that would be good for us. I think that it would leave us infinitely weaker and that the system that might be brought about afterwards would probably be far worse than the one that we're faced with right now. America, for all its flaws and all its warts, still the greatest country in the world. I say this as someone who has been overseas. I have traveled. Uh, As another great Missourian, Mark Twain, famously said, travel is fatal to prejudice and to bigotry. And having been to Japan, having been to Europe, uh, I can say definitively definitively that despite the pros, there are pros and cons to living in other countries versus the United States. But if you, if you think that racism doesn't exist overseas, I've got a bridge to sell you here. The Tuscumbia Bridge Company in mid-Missouri, the bridge no longer exists. But I'll tell you, there are pros and cons to living in every country. But even the cons outweighs some of the pros of uh, many of these countries overseas. There's something about living in the United States with, and when I use the word diversity, I don't mean the kind of diversity that the left means, but the diverse variety of cultures of Appalachia versus the Rockies uh, between the cultures of Texas and South Carolina, right? Just even looking at the differences in conservative cultures in the United States. Have you traveled much here in the United States? Have you ever gone on a road trip and say gone from Florida to Missouri or from Kentucky to Arizona? Look at the diversity of conservative cultures here in the United States. Look at the libertarianism of Las Vegas, Nevada, and the the, the gentrified southern country, uh, uh, Aristotle, aristocratic South Carolinian conservatism of the United States and say that we can't embrace that version. To me, that, that diversity is a beautiful thing. Now, I'm someone who's lived in New York City and I've lived in Washington, D.C., amongst the Yankees. I don't necessarily recommend it unless it's for a brief period in your life to get a little bit of culture and to try a little bit of the food and then move back to a southern state or a red state where you'll be safe, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I agree with Urs Mommy, who says us being silent is why our country is a freaking mess now. Amen. And that is why I am here talking to you two hours a day, Monday through Friday, on the Wake Up America show, because I don't want to live in a country where I can't say what I want to say on social media because I have to worry that Joe Biden is going to tell social media companies to suppress my voice. My wife, for many of you who don't know this story, my wife, Stephanie, she was actually put on a list by a sitting U.S. senator uh, as someone that they, he recommended that Twitter should silence because of her support for a Republican Senate candidate in the state of Maine. Literally, a government official, elected government official, unconstitutionally demanded that my wife's voice be silenced because of her political views in supporting a Republican candidate in the state of Maine. And we only learned that because Elon Musk took over Twitter.com, changed it to X. Now we call it X. Sorry, it's going to be Twitter forever, Elon. Don't be mad. But we only learned that because we had, thankfully, a Howard Rourke-esque billionaire that stepped in to buy the institution and working in tandem with journalists like Matt Taibbi and Barry Weiss provided us with the information that showed that. Not only was my wife being targeted, but many people that I know were targeted as well. And I mean, wouldn't you just die to see your uh, kill list over at Meta's headquarters? Like they probably have the biggest dossier, dossier, dossier on me over this dossier. Don't talk that Paris talk. They probably have the biggest dossier on me over at Meta.com in Menlo Park, California, because I've been banned, suppressed, shut down silenced uh suppressed. i mean every single thing that they can do to you at facebook or instagram they have done to me 30 days bans 90 day bans can't go live can't speak can't talk can't post and and listen this is somebody who's i'm i'm, I'm as human as anybody sometimes i get it wrong it does happen <laughs> <laughs> When I do, I own up to it. I work very hard not to spread misinformation and disinformation because I'm not the type of person to just jump all over uh, a news story right when it comes out unless there are some actual stated facts, which I can work from. And then I only work from the stated facts. But it doesn't matter because the left has rewritten the rules of the game online. They now have uh, the uh, basically a Politburo of fact checkers, quote unquote, I'll use the air quotes for that of fact checkers whose job it is, is to take anything that, uh, that is a conservative or a libertarian opinion that is dangerous to the regime or runs against the official narrative of allowable opinions, what Tom Woods calls the three by five postcard of allowable opinions, and they will put you in the online gulags if you dare stray from those things. 30-day bans, 60-day bans, 90-day bans, and what are they, what are they doing it for? Not because what you have said is incorrect. It, there are, I, I don't think actually, I'll tell you this. I, I don't think I have ever been fact-checked. Maybe it's happened once or twice. I'm not saying, you know, never say never. I, I don't think I've ever been fact-checked mm-hmm. where I was actually factually incorrect. I would, I would say that the, all of the times that I'm either being suppressed or banned, it's either that what I said they claim is out of context or what i have produced is a piece of content that is so funny or so irritating to the left that it gets taken down and gets me suppressed or a 30 or 60 90 day ban case in point there is an account on instagram that is uh, about producing videos to remember the holocaust and it is all about this little girl who has an instagram account who uh, it's about What if there was social media during the Holocaust? What would World War II have looked like if people had been able to chronicle the events with a mobile phone camera? So these videos are getting posted all the time, and one of the videos, is this little girl who is videoing the Nazis in a tank going down the street and having a parade, and all the Germans are waving the swastikas and uh, they're really happy and proud of themselves and their and their Germanness. okay? So this is an anti-Nazi video, right? It's all about showing how the Nazis took over Europe and it was a terrible thing. And this little girl is videoing it and doing selfies and showing the Nazis and all of that. So what did I do? Well, I remixed that video. Uh, and it's, it's the exact same video. And I know what some of you are going to say. Well, maybe it was a copyright thing with the song. No, I had the permission to use the song for this remix. Instagram gives you the music to be able to use and allows you to use it. It wasn't a, it wasn't a music thing, but I took out the music that or the the original sound, which was just the Nazi stormtroopers in the tank walk, going down the street and the little girl videotaping them, and I overlaid the song "The Boys Are Back in Town." Right, the boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. <laughs> the boys are back in town, and I. Uh, But it was the caption that got me, not the music. The caption was George Washington University students marching down the street. It was directly after, after October 7th had happened and leftists were marching in the street celebrating the beheading and the murdering of children and of Jews in Israel after the terrorist attacks on October 7th. So my joke was that these I was calling the leftists Nazis and it was so funny that it started racking up millions of views. And I think that that video that I had posted got 2.5 million views before Instagram realized how much it was making them look like idiots and everybody was laughing and I was gaining followers like crazy. They shut me down. So I got a 90 day suppressed three months suppressed. Couldn't post live videos. Uh, Couldn't, uh, my my posts can't be seen by anyone but my followers. And ever since then, my Instagram, not only my reach, but the numbers of followers. No matter how
2: well my posts do on Instagram, it just... Thankfully, thankfully, there is hope for
0: people like ourselves. Missouri versus Biden has gone to the Supreme Court. And it's actually a new name now. I'm really proud of my... Senator from Missouri Eric Schmidt, who introduced this when he was um, he introduced this when he was still Attorney General, but this is the free speech on social media um, fire to the Supreme Court. Stop government bullies from intimidating social media platforms. Missouri versus Biden and the crossroads of politics, censorship, and free speech. Here we go. There's a re- it's really hard to find news sources, especially on the fly, that you actually will trust. So I'm going to use. Uh, the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education. Murthy versus Missouri is the new name of this court case, and it deals with things like this. A federal court of appeals held officials from the White House and other executive agencies violated the First Amendment by urging from both the bully pulpit and behind the scenes private social media companies like Facebook and Twitter to block, delete, downgrade, and deplatform users and posts that express disfavored views on controversial topics, including COVID-19, election fraud, and Hunter Biden's laptop. The court blocked various Biden administration officials from continuing to do so. The Biden administration has taken a shellacking for pressuring social media platforms into squelching online speech. So, the question of whether or not these social media companies are private companies that can do what they want as a libertarian in an ideal world that would be true. The real world is is that the government pressured these social media companies in a blatantly unconstitutional act telling them to suppress the speech of people like myself and probably people like you online. You probably experienced this. Uh, here's the thing, I even got raked over the coals by people in my own friend group or my immediate circle because back during the pandemic in the early days, I was on my radio show, saying this was probably a man-made disease that came from a lab, not from a pangolin kissing a turtle. America is
1: a nation that
2: can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him. Uh, foot, foot,
0: me. And so, and so now we have to wait and see what's going to happen with this Supreme Court case because. If they continue to allow something like this to happen, I mean, say goodbye to free speech, because the government should not be able to tell social media companies what to do. I think this is highly unconstitutional, totally illegal, and it's something that we've got to fight back against. Who's with me? Glad to see you here. Uh, nice to see Q Fay and JJ4884, Robbie Therman, Mighty Megatron, Joni Rankin kermode bear barney styles horatius 148 all of our friends here joining us in the chat nice to meet you all or see you all for those of you who are new and i imagine that of many of the 1300 who are watching us live you're probably new to the show and we're glad to have you here can i ask you a favor would you subscribe to the channel it's totally free all you got to do is click that subscribe button there on the app so that you can find us again tomorrow i'm not I have a huge ego, but not so big that I think you're going to remember my name tomorrow morning. But I think you might remember that you had a good time and enjoyed the show. So if you subscribe to the channel right now, before you go off and get busy with your day, you'll be able to find us here again tomorrow morning. Some of you got great memories. Rumble.com slash AP for Liberty. Thank you to Rumble.com for featuring us on the front page. I think that's how many of you found us today. We're grateful. (laughs) And we are running out of time to unlock that bonus content. So if you'd like to find out who is one of the least libertarian presidents in U.S. history, I have produced a mini documentary for you today that you can unlock by the end of the show. Make a Rumble Rant donation. Help us to support little small channels like these and help us to grow and spread these ideas and have great conversations just like these. If you're a liberty-loving American, you can make a Rumble Rant donation now to help us to uh, spread these ideas. And if you do, then you get a little extra piece of bonus content today. Today's bonus content, one of the least libertarian presidents in US history, you can find out by making that Rumble Rant donation, or you can also purchase items from the shop. And some of you might have already seen over here, I'm going to pull pull this up on my screen. This is me and my wife's uh, uh, coffee brand that we uh, produce called Founding Flavors Coffee. And you can get it exclusively at AP4LibertyShop.com. That's AP, the number four, AP4LibertyShop.com. Head over there, grab yourself a box of coffee. Uh, If we sell two more boxes of coffee before the end of the show, uh, then that will be enough to unlock the bonus content today. If we do not unlock the bonus content for today, then it goes away forever. So you don't want to miss out on this. And people... The funny thing is, is that you actually are kind of giving a little bit of gift to everybody because uh, then I take that bonus content you've unlocked and I do upload it to the social channels so that people can go back and learn about American history. So if you make a generous donation to the Rumble channel right now, before the end of the show, and you unlock that bonus content, then other people get to learn and enjoy and appreciate that as well. So do please make that Rumble Rant donation today. We've got to raise, I think it's another $44 by the end of the show. So looks like it's going to be a little tough. If we don't do it, then it goes away forever. Oh, and no! I know God! some of you will not like no! that because...
3: God, please, no, no!
0: How are you going to have a five-part no! series no! No! and you can only see like four out of the five? You're always going to wonder who was the fifth that AP put there. Okay, there you go. Make a Rumble Rant donation today. Uh, And I'm going to take a very brief little break because I need to go pee for liberty. Uh, Make those Rumble Red donations and I'll be right back. Don't go away. It's the Wake Up America Show with wakeupamericashow.com. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. We're glad and grateful to have you here. Thank you so much to rumble.com. Putting us on the front page like that helps introduce us to all kinds of new people. New names and faces. Nice to see you. (laughs) Glad to have you as a friend. So why don't you introduce yourself over in the live chat at rumble.com. You can make your acquaintance over there. We'd love to get to know you. We believe in Southern hospitality here on the Wake Up America show. I've always relied on the kindness of strangers. One stranger just bought two boxes of our delicious Founding flavors, Coffee. Can we get a thank you very much? You know we had to do it to him. Mo Conservatarian says, happy birthday week, AP. Let's do this, y'all. That's it, we did it. You unlocked the bonus content. I appreciate you all very much. Thank you for all the birthday love and support. It's been a big surprise just to see how many people truly care about me and my wife, Stephanie, and our upcoming little baby. People are really excited. Quick little announcement, guess what? You guys are gonna be the first ones to find out the gender of the baby, yes. JJ4884 says, is AP's birthday President's Day? As a matter of fact, it is. Yes, it is. Isn't that ironic? Ran for President, birthday's on President's Day. Who knows? You guys think I should run for President again, eh?
2: OK, no, God, All right. I think no. I'll just stick
0: no. to the Wake Up no. America show for now. What do you say? <laughs> well, since you guys uh, bought a couple of boxes of that delicious coffee, somebody bought some Madisonian mornings uh, and I think the other one was maybe Thomas's Painkiller. I don't know. I couldn't see the full order. And thanks to uh, our friend Moe Conservatarian, you guys have unlocked the uh, bonus content for today. So here is your bonus history video on one of the least libertarian presidents in U.S. history. Enjoy.
2: Of Roosevelt and the New Deal. One of America's least libertarian presidents, the Great Depression marked a pivotal time in U.S. history with the economy's catastrophic downfall starting in 1929 under President Hoover. Discontent led to the election of Franklin D. Roosevelt and the initiation of the New Deal. Historians have largely praised the New Deal for its relief programs, regulations, and establishment of Social Security viewing FDR as a savior of American capitalism and democracy during a time of despair and economic downfall. Despite popular belief, Robert Higgs argues that the New Deal and Roosevelt's policies actually prolonged the Depression by interfering with and complicating the economy, contradicting the positive narrative that has been constructed around FDR's presidency. Critics from Roosevelt's era, like Howard E. Kirshner, accused FDR of complicating government functions and harming business, suggesting a less favorable view of the New Deal's impact than is commonly acknowledged. Despite Roosevelt's considerable victory in the 1936 elections, many voters opposed his policies, indicating that his approach was not universally acclaimed and highlighting the divisive nature of the New Deal. The New Deal, rather than healing the economy, arguably extended the Depression by disrupting the investment climate through erratic policies and generating uncertainty and distrust among businessmen. The stagnation of the American economy during the 1930s, characterized by a lack of private investment and growth, challenges the effectiveness of the New Deal's government interventions. Critics pointed out the inefficiency of government spending under the New Deal, which often resulted in wasteful projects undermining the goal of economic recovery. Roosevelt's policies, despite his later criticisms of welfare dependency, were seen as a strategy to secure political support through extensive federal spending on relief and employment programs. The New Deal was effectively a political strategy for building a broad coalition of supporters through targeted programs and benefits, laying the foundation for democratic dominance in American politics for decades. Roosevelt's advisors, often criticized for their misguided economic theories, played a key role in shaping New Deal policies that focused on price control and intervention, rather than addressing the underlying economic challenges. The New Deal drew inspiration from wartime measures, applying a similar approach to the economic crisis, despite the fundamental differences between managing a war and resolving a depression, highlighting a misinterpretation of historical precedents by FDR and his advisors. Roosevelt was not a visionary leader to lovers of individual liberty and free market capitalism. His policies were driven not by a coherent philosophy, but by the pursuit of political advantage and personal ambition. Here we go, welcome back.
0: So tell me this, do you enjoy those little mini documentaries, that bonus content? I'd love to hear your feedback on them. Do you feel like you're getting juice worth, worth the squeeze? I certainly am grateful to everyone who have been so supportive of this new project and part of the Wake Up America show. It's been a great way to help us to bolster our revenue streams. There are some days that Rumble.com chooses not to feature us. And when that occurs, those little bonus content boosts that you give us help us to continue to maintain a solid budget so that we can keep bringing you the Wake Up America show. So financially, it's been great. And I hope that from a content perspective, that you really enjoy and appreciate these little history bites that you've been unlocking. Thank you to all of the supporters out there who have helped make it happen. Thank you for making these purchases at APForLibertyShop.com and RumbleRant donations. You are truly making it happen and we're grateful for that. That's right, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, one of the least libertarian presidents in US history. Yes, obviously. And yesterday was Woodrow Wilson. But there have been many presidents that would hit the, scrape the bottom of the barrel for people who believe in economic freedom and personal liberty. So stick around. And the next three days, I'll continue to produce that bonus content for you, those little mini documentaries, so that you can share those with your friends and people when they say, what is it that got us out of the Great Depression? You know what I like to say? There's an old libertarian joke. It's not a nice joke, but here you go. Um, The, uh, the, uh, the, my favorite libertarian joke that I made up was uh, what is it and see if you can answer this question what is it that finally got the United States out of the Great Depression can you answer here put, I'm going to put a little music on for just a few seconds while we wait to see what is it that finally got the United States out of the Great Depression okay so you're not going to work music fine um, FDR finally effing died <laughs> Ew, that's so rude, Austin. Well, shut up. I think it's hilarious. Uh, Come on. Don't you boo me. I've seen what makes you cheer. Welcome to the Wake Up America show. Do me a favor. Click that like button and subscribe to the channel. Uh, KVND says, I feel like I speak for many when I say (laughs) FD, I love that line from, uh, was it Hank Hill's dad from King of the Hill when he's like, sorry, I'm late. I had to stop by the wax museum to give the finger to FDR. (laughs) Absolutely. One of the least libertarian presidents in U.S. history. So thank you again for unlocking that bonus content today. For those who made purchases at the shop and made your donations on the show, we're very grateful for that. Helps us to continue to produce that extra bonus content. Um, Hiccup1 and Mighty Megatron both said, it was World War II that brought us out of the Great Depression, but that's actually not the case because um, the it's a long explanation. I highly recommend you visit Great Myths of the Great Depression over at fee.org, but basically the argument is that um, the world the war spending essentially did not actually supplement the economy. It was basically like taking water out of one end of the pool and then putting it in the other end of the pool and saying, oh, look, we've increased the total volume of the pool. It's a long, drawn-out economic argument that I won't bore people with here. But needless to say, Great Myths of the Great Depression over at fee.org debunks many of these common understandings that people have, that it was World War II that got us out of the Great Depression, uh, but the the Depression continued along for just a little bit after that. So, Uh, Someone says it was deregulation following uh, World War II, right? Oh, look at the big brain on Brett. Liberty Shindig says the content is good stuff. I watch them with my daughter. Great job on them. Ah, oh, thank you, sir. We are grateful for that, and uh, I will be uploading that for us a little bit later for you guys to watch. Um, this article, this story, really caught my attention yesterday. I thought you would find this interesting. Native Americans fear woke efforts by Kansas City Chiefs and Boy Scouts and Taylor Swift to erase heritage. Cherokee people. Da-da-da-da-da. Cherokee tribe, so proud to live, so proud to die. They took away our native lands. Now our beads made in Japan. Cherokee people, Cherokee tribe. How dare you? So
2: proud to live. So proud to die.
0: All right, Austin, shut up. It's time to get to the news. (laughs) Cherokee people. It's become popular to think that even looking at a Native American image is racist, says Swinomish Indian. Um... (laughs) You know what's funny about that is I, I think it was Gavin McInnes who posted a, a, a picture of an American Indian the other day who had on, hold on, I'm going to see if I can find it for you. You want to get you want get uh, offensive? Where's Gavin? Where are you at? Not Gavin McInnes. All right, let me pull up his media. I'm not Gavin. He's banned. He, him. Hold on, where is that? Where is it? He posts so much. Come on, Gavin. Can you please lower the volume of content that you're putting out so that people like me can go in? and find the pictures of the the very, very offensive pictures of Native American that you posted just this last week. No, you're not going to do that. You're going to post so much damn content, Gavin, that I'm not going to be able to find it and share it with our listeners, and I get embarrassed in front of everybody. Okay, fine. (laughs) Well, anyway, it's a Native American who has a swastika on his forehead. So freak out, panic. Yeah, turns out the swastika was actually... Pretty common symbol. It's uh, going back thousands of years. So, anyways, God, that really killed my point there. Uh, from politics to karaoke. That's right, Diug. <laughs> when did Tim McGraw take over the show? That's not a Tim McGraw song. Cherokee people. Who was it? Who did the Cherokee people song? Didi didi didi. Cherokee people. What is it? The Cherokee people song. Song. What was it? Uh, Indian Reservation. Paul Revere and the Raiders. Thank you. <laughs> Lament of the Cherokee Indian Reservation. Yes. The Lament of the Cherokee Reservation Indian, written by John Loudermilk. Oh, that's interesting. In 1971, the Raiders recorded Indian Reservation for Columbia Records. It was certified platinum. So it was... Uh, A well-known story told by Loudermilk is when he was asked by the Viva Nash Vegas radio show about the origins of the song Indian Reservation, he fabricated the story that he wrote the song after his car was snowed in by a blizzard and he was taken in by a small group of Cherokee Indians. You A self-professed prankster, he spun the tale that a Cherokee chieftain, Bloody Beartooth, asked him to make a song about his people's plight on the Trail of Tears even going so far as to claim that he had later been awarded the first medal of the Cherokee Nation, not for writing the song, but for his blood. He went on to fabricate the detail that on that day, the tribe revealed that his great-great-grandparents, Horner and Matilda Loudermilk, were listed on the Dawes rolls, that's the citizenship rolls of the nation. Had this detail of his tall tale been true, he would have been a citizen of the Cherokee Nation, which he was not. You can't. In spite of the song's title, the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians and the Cherokee Nation of Oklahoma are not known as reservations, and singing that they may someday return is at odds with the fact that these Cherokee Nations still exist. (laughs) Cherokee people. Cherokee tribe. Anyway, so Native uh, American activists say that they are under attack via cancel culture that they say they hope to stop. They want to stop these woke efforts from obliterating wide swaths of United States heritage and history. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Boy Scouts of America both appear to be erasing traces of their Native American heritage. Also, America's most famous Chiefs fan right now, Taylor Swift, being hailed by some as the great woke hope who can force the franchise to cave to charges of racism and end its tomahawk chop chant.
1: Oh!
0: Oh, 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 man, give me another reason to not go to another football game ever again. Not in our honor. A Kansas City-based group said it was hopeful that Swift would be an ally in their effort to force the team to end the tradition. The legacy of popular Kansas City, Missouri mayor and Arapaho tribal member, Harold Rowe, Chief Bartle, could be obliterated in the fallout. As a young boy, I frequently went to Bartle Hall uh as a young man to go for the kansas city i think it was the boat show we would always go see the big beautiful boats anybody ever go to the boat show in kansas city at bartle hall well bartle is a foundational figure of the history of both the chiefs and the boy scouts uh, at least until he's canceled american indians fear they're saying it's a woke firing squad looking to tear everything down by telling us that native americans and and americans need to be divided this is according to L.A. Native Patriot, the Maurice, the Native Patriot. He's a Swinomish Indian from Washington State. He says it's become popular to think that even seeing a Native American image is racist. You guys all remember that young Chiefs fan in Kansas City who was wearing the Native American headdress, and it turns out that he was part Native American, that it was his grandfather's actual Native headdress? that he got to wear, and then there were, the left was trying to cancel him. Some guy, some black dude was writing about how this was racist and they needed to, that that boy needed to be canceled. They were coming after a little boy wearing an actual Native American headdress whose relative was actually Native American. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> now, H. Roe Bartle, who was the mayor of Kansas City, who's famous, legendary, name is all over the place there. He also spent much of his life in the Boy Scouts. He was a champion of civil rights. And he was devoted to his Native American heritage. But his multicultural legacy is in jeopardy because of the Marxist crowd that hates America and wants to tear down our traditions and wants to rebuild the United States in their own image. Uh, And the Boy Scouts are doing this. They're removing all Native American aspects of their program. And the troop is said to be scrambling to be creating a new insignia to replace a Native American chief Brave logo that it's been using for over 60 years because they want to try and meet what they claim is a new directive from the Boy Scouts of America. Boo! Boo! Uh, Now, Fox News reached out to the organization. They're refuting these claims. There is no national mandate from the Boy Scouts of America to remove all Native American imagery from the scouting program, says Scott Armstrong, the national spokesperson for the Boy Scouts of America, which means, of course, that that's exactly what they're going to do, because when they tell you they're not going to do something, They're going to do it, and then they're going to say, well, what's wrong with doing it in a few years? Because that's the playbook that the left uh, uh, works on. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs have been the target of woke outrage for years, and there have been demands to eradicate symbols of their Native American identity. And, of course, the team's recent success has elevated the amount of attention that they have received for their Native American imagery. And certainly, for those of you who are aware, you probably have seen one of my favorite uh, items. This has been actually one of the more popular items that we've produced over at apforlibertyshop.com, which is a great way to stick your finger in the left's eye. But here I have a picture of a Native American man wearing my famous Caucasians shirt. So I say, if we're no longer going to call them the Kansas City Chiefs, then I vote that we rename the team to the Kansas City Caucasians. Who's with me? God bless the Caucasians. You can get your Caucasians shirt in large sizes over at ap 4 com. Somebody actually asked specifically for me to make a jersey for uh, the, like a team Caucasians jersey. So you can also get the Caucasians baseball jersey over at ap and just for kicks and gigs, um, I went ahead and made a bunch of other offensive uh, shirts. That these things sell like crazy. So, uh, for those who are members of the tribe, we have the Tribe Jewish Chads T-shirt as well. <laughs> uh, and then one that just flat out says Jews. And you know, we're, since we're all who we identify with in our our uh, minority ethnic groups. Or whatever uh, we, you know, community we are uh, to choose to identify with, then we might as well just wear the T-shirts of our team names. Um, my brother is the only person who bought this shirt. It is the gays. Uh, yes. Wes <laughs> <laughs> Fanning Dots a dollar in the tip jar. Says that Jacob Chansley, uh, also known as the Maga Shaman, uh, says he's yet to get his shamanic regalia returned by the FBI. <laughs> yeah the gays so uh anybody out there who is uh interested in uh these items can check those out at ap 4 libertyshopcom so if you're a member of the lghd tv community then you can get your the gays shirt over there as well <laughs> we also have mexicans uh basketball jerseys of the caucasians the reptilians which i can see some people are fans of if you're going to uh, buy one of the shop uh, items, highly recommend you use the code QuestFanning Fanning at checkout and you'll save, uh, save a little bit of money. Reptilians, Caucasians for the ladies. The Minorities Team Jersey, which I think people really enjoy as well. No one's bought it yet. No one has the balls. Nobody has the guts to wear the Minorities shirt, uh, which I made at apforlibertyshop.com. This is one of my favorites, though. Probably we should all go for this one. The colonizers, (laughs) we came, we saw, we gentrified. Hell yes. Definitely one of my favorites. You can also get the Caucasians team logo on a phone case. Uh, Christians, if you're a Christian, then you should identify with your team. We have here the uh, Protestants, the Catholics, and Jesus Christ himself. Give it up for Jesus. Are you on team Jesus? Get yourself a sexy Christians in Naminé Patras team jersey. And for all the Vivek Ramaswamy fans out there, we've got a spicy Indians tea. There you go. <laughs> I like how I found that, um, I I found that uh, Indians promo swan. Look at that in the beautiful Heather Gray up there. You can only find these items, these fine items for the K- team Caucasians at AP4LibertyShop.com. Frosted pint glass team magnets that you can place up and just imagine showing up to a meeting, uh, or to school or to work in a occasion shirt. That'll get a, get How you canceled. Dare
2: How dare you? you. How dare, How dare you. you?
0: Don't let your HR lady see you wearing that, but definitely something to wear. I dare you to wear this to a Kansas City Chiefs game and see what happens. But Taylor Swift doesn't do the chop. Be like Taylor, set a sign that the group, not in our honor, used before the Super Bowl to pres- protest the tomahawk chop chant popular among the Chiefs fans. You hey, idiots. <laughs> Corian Callie says, you don't have a Jewish one that says the Goys. We have the, the, the same thing. It's Caucasians. There you go. The Chiefs have banned headdresses and face paint at the stadium on game day. They also retired War Paint, which is a pinto horse mascot, according to the team website. The franchise also appears to be writing its own historical narrative, rejecting its roots to appease the cancel culture movement, but upsetting pro-Native american American activists in the process. The franchise claims in its online history, the Kansas City Chiefs were named for H. Roe Bartle, the mayor of the Kansas City in the early 1960s. Nicknamed Chief, Mayor uh, Mayor Bartle was instrumental in attracting Lamar Hunt's American Football League. The Dallas Texans to move to Kansas City in 1963. The franchise then claims, however, that the origin of the team's name has no affiliation with American Indian culture. We'll to... Okay, so this is where we're at. Okay, so this is what I was telling you when they say we're not doing this. Uh, but if we do do it, then it's okay. This here, this is. I mean this is gaslighting right this is when they're peeing on your leg and they're telling you that it's raining but I'm not peeing on your leg it's raining you're crazy this the chief, the Kansas City Chiefs name doesn't have anything to do with American Indian culture it's got nothing to do with it I'm not pe- I'm not peeing on your leg are you crazy I haven't just unzipped my pants and whipped it out and taken a pee-pee all over your leg right now. I haven't done that.
3: That's not what I'm doing. You're crazy. <laughs>
0: it's raining outside. That's why your leg is getting wet and only your leg in this one specific area. You're going insane. Insane in the membrane. Insane in the brain. The franchise claims that the origin of the team's name has no affiliation with American Indian culture. You must believe, you must believe, you will believe this is the programming. But of course, the claim completely conflicts with the entire H. Bartle biography and the team history, and it also disparages Native American history, some actual Indians are arguing. So Bartle was the top Boy Scout leader in Wyoming in the 1920s. He developed a deep admiration for local Native Americans. They returned the friendship, welcomed him as one of their own. He was inducted into the Northern Arapaho tribe as a blood brother and was sponsored into it by a chief named Lone Bear. Scouting historians David Eby and Paul Myers wrote this in a biography of the beloved organizational leader. Bartle was Arapaho in the eyes of the tribe. No different to an immigrant in the United States becomes an American by taking the oath of citizenship. This is according to the Native Patriot, Maurice, many other sources. If you're inducted in the tribe, you're a member, right? There's no DNA testing to prove you're a member of the tribe, just as there's no DNA testing to prove that you're an American. Cancel culture has forced Native Americans to feel that they have to show their papers to prove their heritage in a way that other Americans do not. God bless America. Isn't that wild? Isn't that wild? That's insane. Clementine. I say, sir, you seem to be peeing upon my leg. Ah, well, it seems to me that your leg's in the way of my pee tree. <laughs> Did you enjoy the show today? Can I ask you a favor? Will you click like on the like button before you leave and subscribe to the channel that you're watching right now? I'd be very grateful. I know that it's usually bad form to end a stream, especially when you have over 1,200 people watching it live. What's up? But well, we like to sk- stick to a schedule here on the Wake Up America show. And because I didn't have three guests like I usually would, my voice is getting very tired. So time for me to go home, cut the audio version of the podcast, which you can download on Spotify or on iTunes or any of your favorite mobile devices. You can download the Wake Up America show with Austin Peterson podcast and listen to us on the go. So I hope you'll do so. Click like it, subscribe. And come back and join us tomorrow morning same bat time same bat channel seven to 9 a.m. Central time uh, tomorrow's Wednesday which means big brain time with judge Andrew Politano I think you guys are excited for that uh, We usually have more special guests than you can shake a Native American stick at. Oh oh and of course, do us a favor and visit AP4LibertyShop.com. That's the merchandise shop for the store. Highly recommend that you try some of our founding flavors coffee. My favorite that I'm drinking today, Thomas's Painkiller. Give it up for Thomas Paine. Welcome to all the new people. I know that for like 1,100 of you, it's definitely your first time watching the show. Hope it's not the last. Come back here and join us tomorrow morning. We'll see you then on the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. We'll give you the bonus content played out for you one more time and then commercials and then bye-bye. We'll see you later.